1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Stephen Gerrard confirms Rangers have knocked back a bid from Leeds for Ryan Kent Neil Lennon gives an update on Tom Rogic and Shane Duffy And football teams across Scotland can resume training as of Monday I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight is Fraser Wishart and Hugh Evans. The old normal tomorrow, Celtic and Rangers playing on the same day First team up puts pressure on the late starter If they win, late starter gets a lift if they don't win too many interruptions have meant that the season, which is all about the 10, hasn't really caught fire yet. But could this be the weekend that sparks what Gordon Dale would know as a conflagration? And I'm going to go into St Murn against Ross County, Gordon, other end of the table. If you think of where they were last season, and I'm really looking forward to, to that game in Motherwell versus Hamilton, I think another crucial game. We are early in the season, but a couple of them just stuttering a wee bit, especially the, the, the Lanarkshire clubs. So some big games all up and down the country. 0141-951-1025 That is the number you need Don't hang about on a Friday night Get in touch And let the guys know What is on your mind Whether it's any of today's news stories Whether it's about previewing games Over the weekend Or anything else we've not thought of We would love to hear from you 0141-951-1025 Right now Or Twitter At Clyde SSB uh, I should say we've also got some Action underway at the moment It's going to be a massive Almost impossible second half You would have to say uh, For Glasgow City 4-0 down at the break In their Women's Champions League Quarter final against Wolfsburg So 4 down at the break Fraser A, a long old road back It's a long road back I felt for them because Wolfsburg are a, a massively Massive team in European football anyway But also Glasgow City lost A whole load of their players During the kind of lockdown And during the break Well that, their season ended last November um, A lot of the players turning pro With the old firm Going out of the country as well So it's a whole new team Tough one But they got the quarterfinals Fantastic performance last season for them Yep Same number as always But in case you've not heard it before 01419511025 That is the number you need to get in touch So let's hear from you now Do not hang around to Tell us what is on your mind And if you'd rather tweet We're at Clyde SSB Let's kick off uh, Great thing about a Friday here Out and about hearing from as many managers as possible uh, so let's tell you what Stephen Gerrard had to say on Ryan Kent's situation Rangers fans, what do you make of this? Give us a call right now and let us know Stephen Gerrard says Leeds were nowhere near Rangers' valuation of Ryan Kent with their opening bid He says the player is not for sale But accepts English Premier League sides have a lot of power in the transfer market Yeah, that is the message for sure, hands off uh, Ryan's a player we admire very much here He's a player that we've seen develop at Liverpool for, for a long time. We brought him here on loan. He's done ever so well. We went and bought Ryan and showed a lot of faith in him and he's done ever so well and he's progressing very, very quickly here. He's in a good place. He's in good form and he's a player we want to keep hold of. But the answer to your question is yes, we have had contact from Leeds and opening bid has been really strongly rejected. The, the way, way off with the opening bid is the truth and the reality. He's a player is not for sale. We don't want to lose Ryan. He's a big part of what we've been trying to build here. We want him to stay here for many, many years. But you know and I know that premiership teams hold a lot of power and that's the reality. That's the way it is. We have to accept that. You know, the message to Leeds is the open bid's nowhere near the, the, the valuation and the player doesn't really have one because they don't want to sell. The good thing is, is that the board are on the same page as me with this one. They don't want to sell. 
we want the player to stay here. He's a big part of our team. Yeah, our squad and the fans, he's very well liked here. The fans love him. He's a fans' favourite. So I think Leeds have to respect that. Stephen Gerrard says hands off. He says the board are on the same page. But Rangers fans, what do you think about Ryan Kent? 01419511025. Hugh Evans. I think that Rangers are tiptoeing through the season That could see them prevent Celtic winning 10 in a row Or see them fail to stop Celtic winning 10 in a row They've already had uh, a bid from Lille for Alfredo Morelos And they have rejected the, the, the first offer from Leeds United for Ryan Kent Now, Leeds United will inherit a fortune by virtue of going up to the English Premier League So they could easily come back in with more money I think had this not been the season of the 10 Rangers would have been tempted to have sold Either Alfredo Morelos or Ryan Kent by this time However they know If they make a mistake in the transfer market And it costs them the opportunity To stop Celtic winning the 10 They will not be forgiven by their supporters Fraser it looks like the bid was somewhere in the region of Eight and a bit million rising to 10 add-ons You know these things are structured in various ways um, Stephen Gerrard describing that as nowhere near Rangers valuation Yeah and I can understand that I mean he says he's not for sale But then kind of caveats that by saying But you know, the English Premiership has the power and the, and the money and, and that's the truth of the matter is that uh, Stephen can say that he's not for sale and I, and I agree at that kind of level You don't sign somebody for 7 million and you put your faith in him And, and I still think he's, he's, he's potentially a great player for, for Rangers this season I don't think he was his best last year But you think back two years ago what an influence he had on, on Rangers So I still think he's a player that, that they're going to need If they're going to stop Celtic getting 10 in a row But every player has his price That's the truth of it But you're not going to sign him for 7 million last year And sell him for almost the same And a wee bit more now no. But Leeds did like him last year Leeds were linked with him Before he signed for Rangers Bielsa now They've got the promotion They've got more money They might come back But it would need to be I think a far far bigger offer Than 8 million for, to 10 Rangers well, they do get a fortune, don't they, Fraser, for coming up from the Championship yeah. to the English Premier League. Fortunes. So they can easily come back and double what they've offered so far. And perhaps, as Fraser knows, these are the the rain dances that are done when big transfers are in the offing. You start low, you try and steal a bargain, but Stephen Gerrard knows Ryan Kent's worth uh, and the Rangers board know his proper worth. So they'll hold out And if they, if they don't get it They won't sell Like Morelos That's what Hugh Keevans And Fraser Wishart think But what do you think? 01419511025 Let us know um, Is that the, the bottom line You know what, what Fraser said Hugh about buying them For seven And I think even the, Even the biggest Rangers fans Out there probably Think that, that Kent could be A bit more consistent And, and could mm-hmm. find a, a greater level Of, of productivity in, in front of goal but look at what Steven Gerrard clearly thinks He thought it was worth paying £7 million And then he's played him every single game since So you're just simply not going to accept that, that no. sort of figure thereafter, are you? No, that's unrealistic But it's a cynical world, football Particularly when it comes to transfers And uh, Leeds United know that Rangers are going to turn down that offer Absolutely know for sure they're going to turn it down But they'll chance their arm And Steven Gerrard can say, look, I have a figure in mind and he will know that Douglas Park in the boardroom will back him up And Rangers will not sell or undersell Because, as I say, at the back of their minds is the 10 in a row business And they know that if they make a wrong move in the transfer market in terms of outgoings 
they will not be forgiven by the fans Okay, let's get to the phone lines 0141-951-1025 You can tweet as always We'll find us there uh, At Clyde SSB Let's kick off with John though Who is a Rangers fan On the line What do you think John? Stephen Gerrard saying Leeds nowhere near the valuation That's spot on by the way 14 million you can have them 14 million and it's money in the coffers You know what I mean? So you'd go um, 14 but It's half it yeah. Aye, 14, definitely. Double his value, you know what I mean? Listen, any player's worth, any, the right offer, any player's going to go. I mean, any percent a decent offer, they're going to mm. go. Not Do you know what I mean? And money not, talks in this business. Money, nec- money talks in this business. Not necessarily this season, John. The point I am making is that I think Morelos would have been gone by now had it not been the 10 in a row season. And I think there's every chance that Odson Edward would have been gone by now. Had it not been the 10 in a row every, every player still has their price though Whether it's 10 in a row or not And I, I, I get that I'm being silly But if someone comes and offers 25 million for Ryan Kent He's going regardless of whether it's 10 in a row or not So everyone still has a price surely Well yeah I mean if Celtic were offered 50 million for it yeah, and I know then, we're getting daft But yeah. just to make the point uh, but, but that's why unless they get the kind of money That enables them to turn to their fans and say Look you really didn't think we'd turn that down did you? Uh, Unless they get that kind of money They can't undersell And then be accused of Sabotaging their own bid To stop 10 in a row Mm. Or win 10 in a row I know Hugh loves the drama Of 10 in a row (laughs) Fraser And I'm sure we all will um, As as the season progresses I wonder though If if Kent's situation Has actually got nothing to do with that The the Morelos one It kind of makes sense You know the optics of it Do you do that with your main man is the Kent one not just about arithmetic? You bought him for seven, you're not, you're just not yeah. moving him on for ten, regardless of what's at stake this season. Yeah, that's the number one thing is the actual price. I mean, if, if you get the figures that John's thrown around, then I think Rangers would have to start thinking about it because you know there's 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 a level where every player, as he says, is has got his price. Um, and Rangers have been trying to do not so much with Kent because he paid seven million for him, but with like some Morelos and others to bring in players the way Celtic have done for many years. Bring them in on the cheap and sell them on. You know, develop them and sell them on. And if they get a big fee for Morelos, then that would have been a, a huge success. Well, of course but, you but can. It, but it is it is a ten in a row season. But also, it's early in the window, and I think this is going to drag on and drag on for mm. both Morelos and Kent over the coming weeks. What do you think, John? Hey, good evening, Fraser. By the way, Hi, listen. John. See, you look at that's actually quite a bit of compliment to us because we've got a left back that's worth twenty five million at least to thirty million. We've got a centre forward that's worth twenty million, and we've got. A player, right, is worth an hour fifteen million, and then if you look at our squad, I think that's actually quite a compliment to Rangers. Okay, and we can talk about the Livingston game, right? With twenty three shots in target, or twenty three shots, right? Celtic struggle against Kilmarnock, and the positives. If you look at the money, because Baratage, no, I mean, is worth. Nobody can tell me he's not worth in the, in the present market at least twenty five million. Morelos, we're looking for twenty. That's no bad for a, a team that, no, I mean, we're struggling for players or only meant to have, I mean, some amount of money. Yeah. Well, to, to be fair though, John, I mean, what's that old saying? You're only worth what someone's willing to pay for you. And for what it's worth, I think we all like Barisic as well. Yeah, but un- until such times as someone bids 25 million, then it's a bit, you're perhaps being a bit creative to suggest he's definitely worth that. How can you say that, Gordon? Hey, Gordon, how can you say that? Kim Tierney, <laughs> right, Kim Tierney, Kim, Kim, Kim Tierney plays for Scotland. Baratage plays for Croatia. Right. Right. And you're trying to tell me that Scotland couldn't even... I mean, their left-back's probably better than the whole Scotland team. I'm not disrespectful. 
you know what I mean? Barrettage should probably better. Yeah, but this, this is, hold, on, hold on, John. But see, the thing is, you're, you're now turning this into me somehow being critical of Barisic, which <laughs> it's not. So I'll actually use your own logic back then. Is Barisic worth more than Andy Robertson? Andy Robertson? Well, listen, no, probably not. Well, then, what, 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 so what has the nationality got to do with it? Well, in your present in your present climate, because Robertson. But if you'd say that, you know what I mean? Robertson has went to Liverpool and he's dropping me. The difference is that Arsenal offered Celtic 25 million. Until such time as somebody offers that level of money for Barisic, then. You know, we're just having a hypothetical discussion here. Factually, Arsenal came in and said, "Right, twenty-five million and Celtic said, "Fine, he's yours." Uh, until such time as somebody offers that money for Barisic, then this is a fantasy competition. And by the way, Fraser, I've seen how these things play. That was not me saying Barisic isn't worth that. I'm just saying we don't quite know yet. Yeah, when you start getting involved in this conversation, of it, I think he's worth this and worth that. It's exactly right. What would somebody pay for it? Nobody's paid that kind of money. For, for, a, for a, Scot- a Scottish player for, for many years and Celtic managed to get 25 million for, for Tierney and looking at it you know what a bargain I mean I think he's just got that determination and the attitude and the ability and the drive that's going to take him to the very top and, and I hope it does but you know you can, you can argue somebody says he's hopeless somebody says he's brilliant but it's about the value that's on, that's on these players as well nobody's making bids for Barisic at the moment but people are sniffing around the strikers they are sniffing around uh, Morelos are sniffing around Kent and that's the problem that Rangers are going to face. Steven Gerrard, absolutely, he's 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 a football man. He's saying he's not going anywhere. The truth of the matter is, when bids start to get to a level where where the board are thinking we might have to take this bid, mm. and 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 I think it will go on for weeks and weeks mm. and weeks. Years, right? Leeds have gone low. They'll come in with another five hundred thousand next week, and they'll just keep going and keep going. And then the player might have a play, a play in this as well. The player might think I want to play in the Premiership. So it's a very complicated mix transfers, mm. and the problem for Steven Gerrard, I say, we're heading towards the end of August, but the window's still open until October. John, thank you very much for getting in touch tonight. Stephen Gerrard says fans are entitled to be frustrated with the Livingston draw, uh, but he says he's not focusing on those types of opinions. Not time to panic, more than happy with the start to the season. Well, I think first and foremost, the fans are well entitled to their opinion. Um, that's what supporters are all entitled to, to have their opinion. Uh, do I listen to all them opinions? No. <laughs> um, I focus on the reality. Um, I think we've had a real strong start to the season. Yes, it was a frustrating result. Um, yes, I was a little bit disappointed in the quality in our final third play on the day. Um, but it's certainly no time to panic and listen to all the noise on the outside. I think we're one goal away from a perfect start. Um, so when you analyse it properly, um, I'm, I'm pretty content where we are right now. Uh, you see the reaction from Livingston's assistant manager at the end of the game. Um, this is what teams are going to try and do to Rangers. They're going to just try and derail us and take points away. And, you know, it's their cup final and it's their big moments. But we need to just keep doing what we're doing, which is to play as aggressive and as positive as we can. Stephen Gerrard looking ahead to the game tomorrow. What are you expecting tomorrow, Stuart and Coatbridge? Uh, well, I'm expecting hopefully Rangers won't consider going and beat the record for the 1940 1950 season. Uh, what do you think, Panel? I don't think Rangers will consider goal tomorrow. Is that what it is, John? I must admit, I know they haven't conceded a goal yet. I didn't know there was a, a record at stake. Yes, yeah, so it was the 1940-1950 season. I think Bobby uh, Brown was the keeper. Brown was the keeper at the time. Uh, but just to come on, uh, one of my timelines for 
uh, one of my best pals. He's been a Rangers reporter for about 70 years, and he was telling me about it. So, I assume this would be for the start to a season, Hugh. They certainly yeah. have not conceded yet. You know, it's a long time ago when it's the same year that I was born in, 1949. <laughs> oh. uh, you know, that in itself is it's nice, but it, it's a fairly minor consideration that all that Stephen Gerrard wants is uh, to recover from the game against Livingston where Rangers had the lion's share of uh, possession but were toothless when it came to uh, putting the ball in the net. So that's what preoccupies Stephen Gerrard tomorrow. Yeah, it's fine if if it's the, the first time they've gone that many games without conceding since 1949 but... That's not what's important to Stephen Gerrard It's, it's getting back on the saddle The criticism of Rangers Over the last two years under Stephen Gerrard Has been the, the daft mistakes they've made at the back And the goals that they've lost And the maybe the inconsistency So he'll he'll be happier In fact he'll be very happy with his with his defensive performance And Hellander you know, We've not really seen the best of him But he looks like he could be The answer on that left side of, of the defence Barisic as we've spoken about is has grown after a, a sticky start to his Rangers career It's grown to a top quality left back But as you say Stuart these are things for, for us to talk about As, as punters and as pundits But uh, in the dressing room they'll not be bothered If they win if they win and lose a couple of goals But they score three tomorrow Then Stephen Jarrod will be absolutely delighted But it's an awkward one It's another game A bit mm. like Livingston Come on it will sit back They try and squeeze the, you into the middle of the park Where Power and Dicker and the centre midfield players are very strong And they nip the ball away from you and as they showed against Celtic a couple of weeks ago, on a different t- type of pitch, to be, to be fair, it'll be a difficult one for Rangers. Mm. So even just getting a, a, nicking a, the odd goal would be a, a good result. And Kelly have got a decent record in the last few years there against Rangers. Yeah, I mean, you're right, they do. But are these the types of games that being at home and having the big pitch really does make a difference? For in, I'm, I'm wondering how nervous Rangers fans might be going to Rugby Park as opposed to, to having the, the big pitch that... To do things on Yeah I don't think Kamara could ever Kind of nervous I think they're quite uh, They've still got the No I meant Rangers Sorry Rangers yeah, Sorry, yeah. sorry. Oh, Rangers fans Sorry yeah I think they will be A wee bit nervy about the game You know Kamara haven't changed much Down the middle Still got strength In the centre defence Broadfoot and Finlay Are still a strong back four Dicker and Power In the midfield as well Still got Chris Burke um, Defying his age They'll just go about Their business exactly the same way They'll sit deep They won't allow Rangers To get in behind them They'll try and force them As I say Inside the pitch Where they're strong In that centre midfield And uh, Interesting Because Rangers sometimes In the old firm Celtic as well And played against them Sometimes the crowd Can will them on And will the ball into the net And really put the pressure on teams But that's not going to be there I do think Rangers will win But I don't think it'll be an easy game for them They might just be by the odd goal uh, Stuart what about Ryan Kent Stephen Gerrard Talking about Leeds Being nowhere near uh, Rangers valuation What's your take on that situation? Eh uh, well, as I said to say, every price is not every price uh, you could if they could come back in tomorrow way. Eh? I think this man has tried to get him twice before he went to Rangers as to look back. He could possibly come in with sixteen million plus, but I don't think Gerald let him go now. Can he seem to be coming on his game you now? Seems to be better than he was last season. But as I say, money talks, if a bit of sixteen million plus comes in, which might, you don't know. Just the way this man's talking leads, he's, he's desperate to get him. He must be watching him week in and week out. But if I was Gerard, I'd keep him for another, another season mm. and it could make his money back and see next season. Yeah, it's going to be a long road, of course. The transfer window open for a good while yet. Thank you very much, Stuart, in Cope Bridge. 0141 Lots of talk this week, Celtic fans, about Tom Rogic, about Shane Duffy. If you want to hear what Neil Lennon had to say, we'll bring you it next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans is here Fraser Wishart's alongside him And they're both waiting for you To get in touch On the phones or Twitter At Clyde SSB Glasgow City got a fine goal back Unfortunately Wolfsburg have got another two It's Glasgow City 1 Wolfsburg 6 With 67 minutes gone In the UEFA Women's Champions League So a tough old night for Glasgow City uh, hopefully it doesn't get any worse in the last 25 minutes or so uh, Let's hear a bit from Neil Lennon uh, Lots of speculation, lots of talk about Tom Rogic this week Neil Lennon says, as it stands, he's staying at Celtic Reports this week suggested Qatar was going to be the next destination For the midfielder after seven years in Glasgow uh, The manager says he wants him to stay There has been a, a club expressed an interest in him But you know nothing more than that these things happen if it's best for both parties. Yeah. So at the minute, all it is is a club have expressed an interest, um, and no further inquiries have been made since then. So hopefully, we'll get something resolved one way or the other. I like Tom Rogic. I think he's a fantastic player. You know, I'd like to have him around, but um, you know, we'll see how that pans out. Well, when you look at Rogic's career at Celtic, he won fourteen medals. That's some going 14 <laughs> medals uh, And of all the players To have contributed to nine in a row He's number 10 in the list In terms of appearances So, you know, he's had a, an outstanding time with it Celtic But the, the, the most important sentence That Neil Lennon uttered there These things happen if it's best for both parties Now, if Celtic agree to sell him to a side in Qatar and the money enables them to bring in Shane Duffy from Brighton, might that be what's best for both parties? Hugh's given the positive side, if you like. I'm not sure we can make it as black and white as that, but to put it on its head, Fraser, I think in his time at Celtic, he's featured in less than 50% of the games or something, or round about that. So um, he's great on his day, but he's not always available or not always used by Neil Lennon at the moment. Would it be the right time to think about it? Yeah, the price is right, and I, I was a bit surprised at this, the, the figures that were quoted three and a half to four million. I thought that was extremely low because um, it may be to do with it, the injury problems he's had. And, and you're right in terms of the stats, and there's all the, the sort of joke about Brendan Rodgers took him off every single game, but he scored some big, big goals for Celtic, and and that was the type of player he is. Could you call him a luxury player? I don't think so, don't think you call him that, but you know where I'm coming from. Mm. He's the type of player who where other people in the team will like to have him there. You know, the guys who graft and guys who work hard. Because he's a type of player who can just turn in the ball and bang and he scores big goals. But at the moment, he's not first choice and he doesn't seem to be able to shake off and get in ahead of Ryan Christie. So, again, if there's a better offer, another few million quid in the pot, suits both parties, gives Celtic money, as she was saying, to, to bring in another couple of players, it might happen. Uh, let's see what Alec and Rothy makes of it. Hi, Alec. Hi, Gordon. Hi, Fraser. Hi, Alec. Hi, Hugh. Hello. I actually come on. I want to actually thank Tom Rogic for his service, but uh, listen to Lenny there, it doesn't seem as if he, he's ready to go yet. You've got him away uh, already? No, no, I just come on to thank him. I think he's been a wonderful player for Celtic. I love watching him. Uh, if he stays, fair enough. If he goes and we get four million, fair enough. If he goes, I'd get right down the road to Motherwell and pick up David Turnbull. I'm sorry to say, Gordon, oh, I thought you might say that. In a minute. <laughs> You know, uh, I'm sorry about that. But another wee thing just came to my mind as well when I was waiting to come on there. The, the boy McCrory went from Rangers to Aberdeen, and I said to my son last night, "I hope, I hope we're not going to go for McKenna 
for three or four or five million pound again because I just don't rate them. And then last night I watched the Aberdeen game and they wasn't playing. I was wondering if there's anything in that. I think there's an injury problem there for McKenna at the moment. Um, with regard to David Turnbull, I have to think that when the the deal collapsed because Celtic's medical uncovered a problem that David thankfully has since had rectified, I have to think that Celtic left a mark there saying, look, uh, we will be back at some point. Uh, maybe I'm entirely wrong, but I think that Peter Lawwell and the people in the recruitment department there would have left a marker to say it isn't over yet. Uh, with regard to Tom Rogic, there's a lot of people at Celtic, uh, Olivier and Sham's another one, not getting a regular game. You know, that it depends on who Neil Lennon, Nicky Hammond in charge of recruitment and Peter Lawwell decide is really superfluous to requirements. And... You know, if there's a few million quid there for Celtic, then that's what Celtic do. I think as I was saying earlier on about the transfer window as well, this is another one for for for, for David Turnbull and for, for other players in the country as well. Is I think you're right, Hugh. Celtic and others will be watching David Turnbull, no doubt. But they'll be watching to see how does he come back, how is he playing, how is he how's his fitness. Problem for Mother as I said again, is that thirty uh, first of August. Usually, you can put a line under it and say, "Great, we've got him until January." It's into October, you know, and, and against Celtic, we'll be, be watching and Cham and others. That's an issue for them. Do these players, you know, how do you keep them happy if they're not playing? And there's a longer period where they mm. might get your feet and say, well, I'm not played now for, for the whole season so far. I, I, I want to go. Things are going to be interesting over the next six, seven weeks of this transfer window because I think there'll be changes across the board, players in and players yeah. out. I know football is not this simple, Hugh, but if Celtic were wanting David Turnbull at a time when they still had Cham and Rogic and, and all the rest of it, mm. does it not make sense that if Rogic now goes, that's that's the, the, the perfect replacement in terms of type of player and the fact they've been interested in him before? Yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of things going on with Celtic right now. I mean, um, if Moussa Dembele goes from Lyon, uh, Celtic are on 10% of whatever the fee is. So there's money in the bank at some stage. Uh, they have Ferencvaros to play next week um, with regard to their own hopes of qualifying for the Champions League. If they do make the group stages, there's a, a fortune in the bank as well. So... There's all sorts of money there potentially for Celtic and I think the likes of David Turnbull uh, and Shane Duffy, uh, they would see that money going towards getting them in. Alec, you mentioned Scott McKenna. Now, if we're talking that area of the pitch, Neil Lennon saying today that they've inquired about Shane Duffy, nothing more than that at the moment. Would Shane Duffy do it for you? I'm going to be honest, Gordon. I've not seen a lot of them. Mm -hmm. uh, really, I'm just going with what I'm listening to the papers and stuff like that so I would leave that up to the scouts but we do need another centre back we yeah. need to replace Big uh, Jozo uh, and obviously if Neil Lennon and the team that already says they, they watch the players so I, I don't really know but I know that we got a half decent centre half to sit beside Julian Araya uh, I think we'll run away, run away with the league absolutely no problem Talk about the finances, Hugh. You know, if Shane Duffy's going to be a loan, he will be an expensive loan. There would be the yeah. loan fee. There would be a big portion of wages. Is is it worthwhile pursuing that? I have to say, from my perspective, yes, it would have to be. Um, you know, in midweek, no Christopher Ayer from the start uh, against the Reykjavik. Um, that partnership, 
uh, with uh, Julian was called into question against Kilmarnock and before that as well. Uh, so there, there's clearly a vacancy there. Uh, and I have to believe that Neil Lennon knows what Shane Duffy can do and wants him there. I have to believe that Celtic ought to be able to bring him in, given the potential windfalls that they have there, the Champions League, the Moussa Dembele money, if and when he goes, uh, perhaps Tom Rogic to Qatar. So, you know, if it were as simple as that £2 million loan fee for the season, then I would think it would be um, very unwise of Celtic to let that slip by. I think one of the, the things about a loan of, of that kind of standard of player is playing in the Premiership has done for, for many years. He's a, he's a regular international as well. He's not going to come and not play. He's not going to come as cover. And that's a, an issue. Again, that if Peter Lowell's saying to Neil Lennon, right, okay, we can pay the loan fee, we can pay a chunk of his salary because a, a Brighton player will be in far more wages than, than Celtic. Then people always saying, is he going to play? So then you've got Julian, you've got Ayer, who are regulars as well. Does he go to the three from time to time? There's a lot of games, so maybe it's about rotation. So Duffy's not going to come up unless he's hmm. almost, you can't guarantee he's going to play. But sometimes clubs who are loaning players out as well, there's a penalty if you don't play them, you know. So there's all these issues in the mix there. He'd be a good signing for Celtic, no doubt. He's a good player. Alec and Rossi, great to speak to you. Hopefully we'll catch up with you some other time. Uh, let's bring in John and Bishop Briggs. Tom Rogic, Shane Duffy. John, what do you make of those two names? Right, oh, yeah, I'm excited, uh, Shane Duffy. I hope the deal goes ahead. And yeah. I was just wondering to see about the new keeper Barkis we've got. All right, okay. Just to kind of see what you think of him as well. Obviously, the last few games you've watched, and just to kind of see. Well, what you kick us off, John? Him. What have you made of him? Because he, he's not been too busy, has he? Ah, oh, he looks. He looks kind of tidy with his feet. No, that's what I was kind of hoping for during the week. Yeah, the match we were playing. Obviously, we got up a few goals. I was kind of hoping that team attacked a wee bit more and got a few shots and go to kind of see how we handled it and stuff. Mm. To see how well he went. Uh, yeah, it's been a weird one, Hugh, because yeah. as as disappointed as Celtic fans were with the game at Kilmarnock and as poor as they were, he he still didn't have anything to do in that game. You know, no. Kilmarnock got their penalty early on and. We didn't really see much of him. Yeah, you, you couldn't stand here and give a hard and fast opinion on Barkas because we haven't seen him do very much. But tomorrow at Tannadice, uh, I believe you'll get more to do. Um, if Lauren Shankland comes back in, the Nicky Clark, uh, they've got uh, the makings of a good team there under Mickey Mellon. And then Ferenc Varos, who, as I say, were a, a big team in my childhood. But long ago ceased to be a big team But apparently uh, Are looking very good In, the, in the, the qualifiers So those two games Might tell us a lot more About Barkas than we have discovered Thus far So what are you telling us John There's a weird part of you that hopes he's quite busy tomorrow So you can see a bit more of him Aye, aye I'm kind of <laughs> hoping he's a bit busy Just to kind of see if he's up to the standard and stuff Because yes, you see he's not really had much to do yeah, so I'm kind of hoping to get a few shots and go But no goals So if he's getting goals And he's doing well Yeah Fraser It was a high profile move It's a lot of money To spend on a goalkeeper Big gloves to fill of course as well I think you're right But I can't say too much at this yeah, stage I haven't seen anything of him You haven't seen any pressure on him at all But when you're a Celtic goalkeeper Coming in from where he was in, in Greece One of the bigger teams as well But he'll be tested more there When, when you're Celtic The thing Fraser Foster brought was When he was called upon He made big saves You know, And, and sometimes you forget when a, when a team is the, the the dominant team in the country, they dominate almost every game they play. Sometimes you think, do they need a good goalkeeper? Yeah, because there's always a one or two big occasions in, in a game 
when the goalkeeper's going to be called upon. So it'll be a different mm-hmm. type of environment for, for Barker. Something he's not used to keeping his concentration. But as you say, Forster was absolutely vital to Celtic last season. You think back to obviously the League Cup yeah. final, but other games as well. Just one or two massive saves a game. So that's what he's going to have to change his whole style. Stevie Woods will be coaching him on, on his concentration levels as much as anything. Just before we round off from Neil Lennon's press conference, Hugh, a couple of other things. He says he's still looking for a centre half, Shane Duffy, uh-huh. would be the, the obvious name, and a striker. But he also said that Lee Griffiths won't be going anywhere on loan. Mm. Um, Ayeti's just come in to join Edward and Clamalla and Griffiths, who, according to Neil Lennon, won't be going out on loan. Um, but still talk of, of looking for a striker. Yeah, um, Clamalla, for me, the jury's still out. No one really knows for sure because he doesn't play regularly enough to know anything about him. Um, Griffiths is becoming a bit of a mystery for me. First of all, he was out of condition. Then, a few weeks later, Neil Lennon said he was in the best condition. He'd seen him in for a long time. Then there was an injury. That was weeks ago. Now, according to Neil Lennon, he's out for yet more weeks. Um, so that one's a bit of a mystery. Um, if you're Peter Lawwell, the money man, you're saying, Neil, you've already got four strikers. Uh, and we had a fifth bio and he's off to Toulouse on loan. Uh, do you really need a, a fifth striker? Uh, but if Neil Lennon says he does, uh, then he knows the squad best. And yet he seems to play a bit deeper, though, doesn't he? He seems to be one a player who will link the play as well. But you're right, Hugh, that there's, there's four strikers there. You can remember, even last year, Mickey Johnson played centre-forwards and uh, uh, Lewis Morgan played centre-forwards mm-hmm. when Edward was out and Lee Griffiths wasn't able to play. So now they've, they've got an embarrassment of riches. Managers are always asked the question. They always want one more. They always want another striker. They always want another player. And it's up to the board. And I think you're right, Peter Lowell might be saying, well, I said here, we've got five strikers. We only play with one. You know, time to time you play with two mm-hmm. when you go with three, five, two. How are you going to keep all these guys happy? So... Yeah, I, I I don't see where the new striker's going to play. If Edward stays, then his first choice, Ayeti, would be fitting in there as well. So, yeah, it'd be a difficult and one, for, I think, for Neil to justify at the moment. And again, if you know that you're the guy coming in as the number five striker, you're talking about players who come here to play, not to sit on a bench. Uh, you're going to have to get past an awful lot of guys to get a game. That was John and Bishop Briggs. You could be next, 0141-951-1025, because we're going to get some travel with Stephen, which means it's the perfect time to call. We could be speaking to you after these. 0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Fraser Wishart and Hugh Keevans here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard, taking your calls and your tweets. Until 8 o'clock this evening It's Friday night That means we can build up to some fantastic fixtures tomorrow I thought we would have a full time whistle From the Glasgow City game by now I think the Glasgow City players and manager would take The full time whistle Because it's 8-1 now mm. uh, It was a stunning goal from Glasgow City I, you know, Worth watching that one um, But unfortunately 8 have gone in at the other end Fraser. So a really really Difficult evening But a great achievement To get this far As I said uh, Earlier on It's a real shame Because they finished The season on a high They qualified for the last eight Last November Or something like that And Then they lose all their players Because Rangers and Celtic Have invested in the women's football And the, the good female players In our country Go and play abroad Because that's where They can make money They can go to England They can go to America And then the whole team Almost got Certainly more than half the team Left Some of the better players So it's very very difficult To, to replace them And this is the issue you get You've got this year's team playing last year's tournament not that I think they would have qualified anyway last year because Wolfsburg are mm. in German football at that level is way ahead but I feel for them That's I hope it doesn't Listen, get any worse Fraser, 
If Barcelona with Lionel Messi Can lose 8 goals <laughs> Then so can Leanne Crichton <laughs> uh, 01419511025 That's the number you need Jimmy is in Cambus Lang What have you got for us Jimmy? Yeah, hi panel Hi It's about uh, Ryan Kent mm-hmm. I mean, That's Lee's first offer And I would turn that down But if it was increased And I would take it Because I, I think Kent, Kent is a great player Great skills But he's not a team player he play wants to beat one, two, three, four, five players. Whereas every winger that Rangers and Celtic have had in the past, they beat the fullback, cross into the ball, and let the strikers do their job. The time Ken gets the ball, now it's, the defence is absolute packed, and he can't he can't sort of win. So you go to the byline. That's how he got his goal from from Baratics, Beat the fullback, win the goal, great ball into the net, goal. So the same the other one, out for the defence, Morales one touch. Kent running on to it just to keep it to beat but he's a great player but he's, he's not a team player he plays he's all show and things like that but that's that's just mm. the, I, I thought if, it, if it increased the offer I would take it I don't think he sees himself as an out and out winner you know I think uh, on the evidence of last Sunday at Livingston um, when Rangers were running out of ideas he at least had some uh, and I think that's why Stephen Gerrard is holding out for a proper transfer fee from Leeds United and will not let him go for anything less than what he thinks is a fair price. Uh, but, as I say, he has to be careful. If you do sell, uh, you have to make sure that you should get incomparable quality and that might not be easy. Uh, Fraser, a lot of the praise that we've heard from Rangers fans on the show during the week actually... Contradicts Jimmy slightly and says that while his stats not look might not look brilliant, he's actually key for Rangers in terms of dragging people around and, and creating spaces for Barisic and for other players to do things. Yeah, the game's changed now, and a four-three-three doesn't mean it's two wingers and one centre forward up front. It means just three players right up front, and, and you see it with Hadji and you see it with Kent who come inside and leave the gaps for like a Barisic and Tavernier to to provide the. The width, and you saw the way the goal with the, against Aberdeen. That's what they're looking for: is the runs from wide all the way through the middle. And I, I, I like him. I think he's a player. I don't think he was at his best last year. Sometimes you get that second season, but when you go back to his first year here when he was he was just terrific. Scored so many goals, but also just that thing was an exciting player to, to to watch. So it's that balance again. Stephen Gerrard just won't, he he won't want to sell. I mean, he'll be saying, "Doesn't matter what you offer me, we're not going to get that money in because will he get that money to spend on, on other players?" He's brought in Roof, he's brought in uh, Itten, there's, there's a few others that have come into the, to that kind of attacking area. I think he'll still be a Rangers player. I don't think I don't think you... I think it was John at the start said 14 million. I don't think you start at 8 and get to 14. I think Leeds will have a, have, a, have a barrier as well, what they think. So I don't think it'll go as far as that and he'll stay at Rangers. What do you think, Jimmy? I said, yeah, the winger's job is get, beat the full-back, buy a line, get the ball in the right, and if we can chip in with a goal, or what knows, fine. Yeah, but, but, but Jimmy, Jimmy yeah. you're describing Willie Henderson. You're not describing Ryan Kent here. He he doesn't see himself and he doesn't play like... He's not asked to, more no. importantly. Yeah, correct. He's not... He's like an inside forward, Jimmy. He plays like an inside forward these days. Not Willie Henderson or Davey Wilson or players of that era. He's... One of the interchangeable front three that Fraser was talking about uh, Jimmy, what about the game tomorrow? Kilmarnock coming to Ibrox How confident are you? They've got to move a lot quicker Because sometimes watching the game It's like watching paint dry I mean, it just pass, 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 gone over I mean, it really is it's a, mm-hmm. They've got to try and hit faster on the break 
the, the, the fence get crowded. I, I'm, I'm confident in tomorrow, but they've got to do it a lot quicker than what they're doing it. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy's right, actually, in the sense that's what a lot of people complained about at Livingston Fraser, yeah. but I go back to it, I just feel like whether it be at Ibrox or at Celtic Park, when you've got that size of pitch and that type of surface, Moving it quicker tends to be a bit easier. And they do tend to slip up a bit more in the artificial as well. I mean, Livingston's proven to be a, a tough place for, for both sides of the old firm. Celtic dropped a couple of points at Kilmarnock. And I think the way you play, if you drop deep and you get to four and then you get five in the midfield, I think Jimmy makes a good point about doing things quicker. You know, when, when the gaps are there, when, say, tomorrow Kilmarnock do come forward, Rangers have got to hit quickly and don't allow Kilmarnock to get back into their shape because... These guys are, are good players, good footballers, they're well organised, they're well drilled, they know exactly what they're going to do. And it's up to Rangers to break them down. I heard criticism of Livingston, the style they played, and a wee bit of Kilmarnock's as well. You can't blame them. You know, these are small clubs in terms of their budget. Rangers and Celtic have got the millions. The old firm would do that exactly the same if they were playing the top leagues and the top teams in Europe as well. They would be sitting and hitting the brakes. So you can't blame these teams. They've got the tactics. It's up to the old firm to break them down. And here's Kirk Broadfoot's take on it. He... Is going there to a ground he knows well tomorrow And he believes that having no crowd Helps Rangers Because he says he remembers fans would get on their back If, if they didn't go a goal up early on When he was there It's always the same when you go to Ibrox It's going to be a difficult game They're a very good side On their day they can take four or five off anyone um, Yeah we'll go there and we'll try and make it difficult I think everyone knows that um, Whether it works or not Hopefully it does for our point of view but if we can frustrate them, I think having no crowd there will actually help Rangers, to be honest. Um, the, the fact that we'll try and frustrate them and the fans maybe turn on them, I know that from experience. If you're, if you're not one up by the next first half an hour, it can turn. Yeah, they're, they're demanding crowd. It's, just, it's the same for both. Whole firm. Yeah, that, that's where you you need to just have a set of balls, to be honest, <laughs> and take the ball and keep taking it and make mistakes. Because as the ones that take the ball the most, that make the most mistakes. So... You've just got to keep taking it and, and having that willpower to keep doing it and, and pushing on. And eventually, when I was at Rangers, we, we eventually broke teams down and, and got the three points. If life was normal and there were 50,000 people at Ibrox tomorrow, they would be remembering what happened at Livingston last weekend and they'd be conscious of Celtic playing at half past five and they would be not necessarily on top of the players, but they would be unforgiving if Rangers started badly. Uh, so Kurt Broadfoot is right in that sense uh, That tomorrow No crowd No one getting on your back But The ground rules are the same You're up first Your job is to win And go nine points ahead of Celtic And then say To Neil Lennon and his players Well What are you going to do about it Away at Dundee United Rangers fans last week Looked at Livingston and thought Oh Is this the rerun of an old movie here Tomorrow the Rangers players have to show that it was not a rerun of an old movie. It was a blip, but it's not a rerun of last season and the one before. I can see what Kirk's saying, but I, I think it's a disadvantage overall for, for the bigger clubs when they've not got the fans behind them here because, uh, you know, at first they start the game well, they can get behind the players and they can roar and they can shout and they can, you know, it's times back a long time since I played, but uh, you, you could be 20 minutes into the game, be 0 nil, you'll be, you'll be panting, you'll be breathing heavily because. They just keep coming at you And if, if, if the old firm start well The crowd can have a huge role to play So for the commander They're not going to have that to, to play against as well So I, I think overall I get what Kurt's saying When things are going badly You've not got players on top of you But I think overall It's a disadvantage To the bigger clubs Because the crowd tends to roar them on And it's an advantage Having them behind you Thank you to Jimmy in Canvas Lang It takes us up nicely to this 
Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. Big news coming out of Scottish football today. As of Monday, it's on you go. Football teams across the country can resume training, can start training, whether that be junior football, amateur football, anything below the Premiership given the green light as of Monday. Uh, we've also got a potential test event between Celtic and Motherwell for fans getting in. So what do you make of that? We'll touch on it at the top of the second hour after Beat the Pundit. That's your chance to win a sign ball, but only if you get more questions right than Fraser or Hugh. The lines are only open till 7 o'clock, so you need to be quick. And the number you need is 0141 951 1025. Tackle the headlines. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It's Friday night Hugh Keevens is here Fraser Wishart is alongside him We are looking at today's biggest stories And we're building up to a fantastic fixture card tomorrow as well Where else would you rather be? 01419511025 to join us Significant news today as well On the coronavirus front The restrictions that are currently in place for Scottish football Are going to be lifted as of Monday So it's Back to training for everyone below the Premiership Obviously certain uh, restrictions and limitations in place, uh, still in place But by and large it's, it's back to training So a pretty exciting time um, Let us know what you think There's also the potential for a test event between Celtic and Motherwell next weekend I'm sure you'll have some thoughts on that 01419511025 And we'll do it after this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash football Okay, Beat the Pundit time Hugh and Fraser ready One of them taking on Martin in Falkirk How's it going Martin? It's not too bad, how are you? Yep, not too bad at all um, Have you ever played Beat the Pundit before? Uh, unfortunately yes I got a nice big zero uh, It was you that uh, delivered that defeat to me <laughs> Martin, you're a glutton for punishment Usually if people get zero They run for the hills And n- never come back again What makes you think Tonight's going to be any better? I don't But <laughs> If I don't I don't I'm going to try I love that Do you know what? You, you can't fault that enthusiasm no, Hugh Keevans uh, What have I said to you all along? I move from one mistake To another With no loss of enthusiasm <laughs> It's usually one failure To the other I like how you've adapted that Right, heads it is Hugh You take on And tails it's Fraser it's the big rematch It's oh, heads It's really? Hugh really? Against Martin So I'll give Hugh Something no, no. No, no. Something <laughs> else to listen to Here's a bit of Clyde 2 for you To enjoy And I'll put 30 seconds On the clock Martin Answer as many right As you can That's the key this time Remember uh, And if If you don't know it Just pass it quickly You ready? Over it Let's do it Time starts Now Which team are known as The Staggies? Uh, Who is the Inter Milan manager? Uh, what was the score between St Johnston and Aberdeen last night? 1-0 oh, Aberdeen Who are the oldest club in the SPFL? Uh, Rangers Who won the 1987 Scottish Cup? Uh, Dundee, Who did Rangers sign from PSV in 2007? Uh, Jerem Rothen The transfer fee of which player broke the world record in 2001? So who would be the uh, world record transfer in 2001? Just guess somebody uh, 2001, Kaka uh, Okay, let's bring Mr Keevans back here Can you hear us? I can Great. Same set of questions to you 30 seconds on the clock Time starts now Which team are known as the Staggies? Ross County Who is the Inter Milan manager? 
uh, Antonio Conte What was the score Between St Johnston And Aberdeen last night 1-0 Aberdeen Who are the oldest club In the SPFL um, Rangers Who won the 1987 Scottish Cup Celtic Who did Rangers sign From PSV in 2007 Giovanni Bronckhurst The transfer fee of which player Broke the world record in 2001 Pass Just guess someday Come on throw a name 2001 um, Zidane Okay What do you think Martin? Uh, I know I got a couple right But that I'm not sure about the rest Right let's find out First one Which team's known as the Staggies You just dived straight in Martin I think you know that that's Ross County Don't you? Uh, no, not until you said it ah, okay. Fair <laughs> I was trying to give you the benefit of the doubt That was your chance to lie But you're an honest man It is Ross County 1-0 to Hugh Who's the Inter Milan manager Antonio Conte You both got it Well done 2-1 to Hugh The score between St Johnston and Aberdeen last night 1-0 You both got it 3-2 The oldest club in the SPFL Hugh They played their first game in 1867 You were there You covered <laughs> the game for Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard 86, uh, Queen's Park Yes, Queen's Park uh, 3-2 to Hugh Who won the 87 Scottish Cup I can't believe it Fraser c- c- Honestly Can't believe the it The people of Paisley Are up in arms <laughs> oh, this evening Oh Alex Smith Alex Smith Ian Ferguson oh, Of course yeah. The last Scottish Cup final To have all Scots Across the two squads yeah, yeah Dundee yeah, United Yeah, yeah. Uh, who did Rangers sign from PSV in 2007 Demarcus Beasley So it's still 3-2 to Hugh Keevans Um the transfer fee of which player broke the world record in 2001 it was Zidane I shouldn't really accept Hugh's answer because he said pass but then I did give Martin a second chance at it which means I'm a bit confused but it doesn't really matter because Hugh got three and Martin got two anyway hard lines Martin it was better than last time it was, but it's still not a classic. I'll try again next year. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting there one year at a time. Good Martin, man. Martin, we'll meet again. Don't know where. Next don't year, know where. Yep. Well done, well done. Thank you, Martin. I like that. I've got this image that Martin just sit one once a year and he'll just save it up and think, right, next year. He's got it, he's <laughs> got it in the he'll calendar get, already. Four next year. He's going zero. Four next two, year. Four. He's very honest. I mean, I, I don't think honest, I would say. Alex Smith went to the trouble of phoning me from Australia during the lockdown to make sure that it was okay and how is everything. And I've got the poor man wrong tonight. <laughs> yeah, we'll phone you back and he'll complain. Uh, right, full time Glasgow City's Champions League journey comes to a pretty abrupt end. It was a great run to get there. It's finished in San Sebastian. Glasgow City won Wolfsburg 9. Well, it's a game of nine. two halves. The first half was bad and the second half was even worse. <laughs> pretty much. Um, again, Fraser, yeah, that, that's, just, that's just the level. That's the size of the, the task. Good to get there. A step too far Getting better I mean our teams are getting better The standard of women's football Is getting better And uh, you, you come against a team Like Wolfsburg in Germany Where women's football Is so strong And they've got players From all over the world It's a tough one A real tough one But a hard one to take And I hope we don't get Too much stick Right 01419511025 What do you make of this news This should be enough To get us a little bit excited We're by no means Out the woods yet And it's a long old road to come But the suspension of football By the Scottish FA Will be lifted On Monday Monday the 24th of August So in practical terms it means contact training For youth football, adult football, professional, non-professional Can resume from Monday morning In line with updated government guidelines Now Fraser I know we were all very excited about getting the Premiership back And that's what that's what we've been focusing on all summer But in a way this is, this is bigger Because this is tens of thousands of people 
at Championship, League One, League Two, Highland League, Lowland League, Juniors, Amateurs. Ju- th- th- yeah. This is this is this is football properly starting to come back. It is, and it's a bit confusing. When two weeks ago or like ten days ago we were on a yellow cards and a red was the next step, and now all of a sudden everybody's allowed to to, to train. I think it's brilliant. I think it's fantastic. Your team, Gordon, will be back training. I'm, I'm sure pretty soon, but you don't have to get tested. So. I'll be interested to see And I know nothing about it I only knew the headlines When it came out tonight So I don't know the detail of it About the testing At, uh, at, pre- at Premiership level And even in the lower leagues now For the professional levels To go back But as you said Other than that The bigger news story for me Is people can go And play football With their pals And that's absolutely Fantastic news Because it is something That, that people enjoy playing And it's a big part Of their lives Never mind Supporting the professional but, game I think the amateur game Is so important Fitness, health Camaraderie, friendship It's a brilliant Does brilliant this mean news. that Coaching Classes can resume Yeah My my seven year old grandson The one thing that he misses above all He was going to SFA approved Yeah Coaching classes uh, Twice a week And he really has missed that So if he can get back to playing football As Fraser said With his pals From school Great Yeah I mean there are still Obviously some restrictions in place And the Scottish FA Have been issuing the guidelines uh, For adults You know 18 years plus Fraser, there are certain limitations You know, if you train on, on a quarter of a pitch You're only allowed 10 players in that size If you train on, say, half of a, a pitch You're allowed 18 players and four coaches So there are still, you're not allowed to train indoors yet um, I don't think So there are restrictions But most people should be able to find a way of, of getting around I don't mean getting around it But, you know, that's that's not that limiting, yeah. limiting is it? 18 no. players and half a pitch with four coaches You can't coach with more, more than 18 players and half a pitch You know, <laughs> it's very, it'd, be, it'd be absolutely... Absolutely mobbed if you were to get any more in it. So it's kind of getting back to back to normal. I think people still have to obviously, you know, when arriving there and things with strips and social distancing and there'll be there'll be all sorts of things in place in terms of the government guidelines. But it's it's great news. It's great news. I say I'm a wee bit confused. I, I, I see. I don't know what has changed, if anything, at professional level. I'd be a bit confused as to why players of professional level need to be tested and amateur players don't. But listen, we'll see how that all comes out in the wash. The important thing for me is is play. People can go back. Whose grandkids, you know, friends of, of, of mine can just go and play their, their over 50s football as well. It's brilliant, great news. Yeah, I mean, obviously, all the, the kind of usual safety stuff, you know, players should arrive ready to participate, you know, not not to, to stop changing and, and things like that. Um, I think clubs are going to have to appoint what's called a, a COVID officer and physical distancing uh, for players removed during training and, you know, stuff like that. But by and large, it's it's somewhat of a green light, so we should all be looking forward to that. Oh one four one nine five one at one zero two five. There is also a suggestion that Celtic v Motherwell next weekend could be used as a test event for fans returning to grounds. What do you make of that? Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Jamie's in Tillacoutry. What do you make of it, Jamie? Evening, panel. How are you? Good, thanks. See you well, Jamie. Well, I was I was listening to my interest. I was actually sorry reading my interest today actually on on the sports pages about this test event. And uh, I think over over the the past five months, I think everybody's been an armchair first minister or health expert. But I've got a few ideas of my of my own about how we would go about this. But I wanted to ask the panel uh, uh, if you were in charge, what kind of things would you look for, and what kind of things would you put in place for a test event? Uh, I get, I get, I get the whole concept of, and I don't know if this is why they've chosen it, but I get the whole idea of using Celtic, big club, big stadium, biggest support, and stuff like that. And scaling it down because I think the, you've got to err on and say the caution rather than start we and, and build up. Uh, that's the way I look at it. But I wanted to ask uh, the panel if you were in charge, 
what things would you be looking for from a test event and what, what arrangements would you put in place? Well, I think you'll be told what arrangements have to be put in place and you must adhere to them. You know, we always uh, hear about the science. Well, those in charge of the science will tell Celtic if indeed Celtic Park is allowed to be used or anybody else, they'll be told exactly what has to happen. But, at, you know, as you say, 60,000 people can get into Celtic Park. I would guess they'll let 1,000 in or 2,000 in uh, because you have to take baby steps. Um, and the baby steps will continue at all grounds, but you'll be, you'll be told. And to be fair to the clubs, for the last five months, they have taken on board everything that they have been told by clinicians and they will know and then they'll be told what has to take place on a match day. So they will know how to conduct themselves here. Fraser, you've had an ex- experiences of being out and about at grounds for this show on a Saturday and you know, you're told where to go in and, and where to go out and, yeah. and all the rest of it. So I, I assume it's going to be that on a, a bigger scale for test events. I presume so. And I think that uh, having it at one of the big grounds is, is uh, absolutely the right idea because... The problem is not so much being in the ground because you can put people in seats and you can socially distance. It's actually getting into the grounds. How do you get... Let's let's just say at some point there was 20,000 allowed into Celtic Park or, or, or Ibrox you know, in six months' time. How do you get them in? You're queuing up outside. You know, you've seen the streets outside a big a big ground there's a big stadium. There's no social distancing. It's using the public transport. At Ibrox, you're getting the subway. There's the, uh, you know, fans are getting on buses and mm. minibuses and the, you know, four or five people in a car, which isn't allowed as well. So... That's all the stuff that they need to test as much as anything. It's getting the fans into the ground. And I think I think for supporters, if you're looking at Motherwell, where you're maybe told you can get 2,000 people in, that, that can be done in their ground. Their crowds are maybe three to four anyway. But for Celtic and Rangers, it's much more difficult getting more people into, into there. And for supporters, they might not be able to say, hey, hold on, hold on, my seat's up in that main stand there. You might actually be told... You just sit wherever you're told. You know, yeah. you sit on a space. There'll be one. The first person sits in that seat. Mm-hmm. The next person sits in two seats along from them. So, it makes sense. We can get people in, and I know that the, the clinicians are, are saying it's not so much when you're outdoors. That's why you can meet more people outdoors because you have less chance of of, of infection. Uh, so, getting them in is a problem. And uh, but we have to start testing. It. We have to start uh, looking at how we can do this to to allow supporters. A lot of whom have paid their money already in, in, in season tickets. You know, allow them to actually get access well, to it. Jamie, hang on the line because, as we mentioned, their Celtic Motherwell next weekend pretty soon could be used as an test event. All twelve top flight clubs will produce bespoke proposals for their own stadia under the government's return to spectating plan. Uh, Neil Lennon's hoping Celtic can lead the way. It'd be fantastic, you know. Um, you know, the club of, you know, collaborating with the government to try and make this happen. Um, and later on down the line, you know, open the gates even more so would be brilliant. You know, it's it's great having football back, but, you know, there's obviously that element that's missing and it's a huge element in the game that we all want back and that's the support. From the players' experience, it probably would, you know, a little bit of noise in there and a little bit of atmosphere. But, yeah, we, we miss our supporters, you know, terribly, you know, because they, they bring so much colour and noise to the game. You know, the, the, the protocols around the stadium are, you know, watertight. Um, and obviously, you know, to trial it and, and see if it works and, and take it forward then. You know, we're looking at sort of mid-September, you know, for the government to, you know, open up, you know, even, you know, gyms and swimming pools and, and hopefully stadiums will be in that criteria as well. But we're hoping that we can use next week as, you know, a, a trial basis and, um, you know, hopefully it'll work and, you know, be beneficial for everyone going forward. Is that encouraging, Jamie? 
it's quite encouraging. It's good to hear it because I, I read a lot of this. But I, I'm, I'm going to come back on what Hugh said. I, I agree with you that they'll be told what to do. But don't you think, though, that the authorities that, that, that are telling the football authorities what to do, are, it's going to be a two-way street. They're going to have to rely on, how do you put it, the local knowledge of each club. Uh, I mean, like you said, the individual arrangements are going to be different. Uh, there's far more space around Celtic Park mm-hmm. than there is, say, uh, uh, Fur Park, right? So it's going to be a two-way process. They're going to have to rely on each other for information. But, I mean, the kind of things I was thinking of is, like, Whatever crowd or size gets in, you know, allocated a, if you're a season ticket, you got told, okay, you're going to come in at two thirty, you're going to come in at two. I wouldn't have, uh, for elements of fairness as well, I wouldn't have any like drinks or stuff being sold or that because for the test event, I don't think it's fair that Celtic would benefit from a wee bit of extra cash from that kind of stuff and no other club is. So I wouldn't. They can just bring PCs and Capri Suns or whatever. I don't care, but. I mean, it's a common sense approach and you're going to have to rely on the people who work at the clubs who deal with the crowds the stewards and stuff they're going to hold the key knowledge on how to implement this and so whilst I do agree with what Hugh says I'm going to come back at him with that so. Is that your drink of choice at a game Jamie? Are you a, you a Capri Sun man? Uh, I, I'm, I'm more of a fruit shoot guy that's what I get the way <laughs> I think the biggest headache of all will be if you're Celtic or Rangers the biggest headache of all is how do you decide who gets yeah, in? Yeah. Uh, when you know they they have tens of thousands of season ticket holders, how do you solve that problem? There is also another dimension to it for me. I remember when I was up the road, unable to come in here because I was classified as vulnerable, and uh, therefore I had to stay at home and do the program from there. And I remember listening one night to a caller, and I can remember him from Kilmacomb. Celtic season ticket holder who said, how can I go back into a football ground until there is a vaccine found for COVID-19? Because how do I go back to my family home not knowing whether I will infect someone or not? So yeah. the, 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 there is that dimension. You know, People will be wary about going to football. So it's right that we start the testing process. Baby steps, I will use the, the expression again, we have to have a small number Access, egress, all of that has to be worked out. I don't think it'd be terribly unfair on everyone if Celtic sold a few pies on the day. <laughs> I don't think that would really be um, upsetting for anyone. However, it is also another factor, and you would have to ask you know, in a pie stall, people tend not to be socially distanced. Yeah, are, we a, are we allowed mm. to sell food here or not? I mean, she was right about the gentleman that called Fraser, but. That's life What is it they say That's the new normal We are all Every single one of us Is having to calculate Every day yeah, yeah. What we're comfortable doing And what we're not comfortable yeah, totally. doing So totally. you know, Go for a bite to eat Go for a, a coffee There's know. not much yeah. There's not much we can Do about that unfortunately um, Interesting as well That To change sports quickly Edinburgh and Glasgow Warriors Will meet at Murrayfield A week tonight And that will be A test event as well There will be a small number Of fans in there So we'll get the old If rugby can do it Why can we not why can we not do it And I think football Will, will come soon you know, Jamie's talking there about You know using Thur Park As an example With the narrow streets But there might only be A couple of thousand people If you said right, You can get 20% Of your supporters in Eventually Then there's only A couple of thousand people There at Thur Park Whereas at Celtic Park 20% is 15,000 Around the streets So there's a whole load of questions And that's why I think Jamie made a very good point There about 
you know, the, the government looking at local and going with local well, of knowledge. Of course, it is. I think that's, that's, that's what I said. 12, you know, it's, twelve teams have it's to build plans. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Listen, it's a start. Let's not get too excited by it. Mm. It's nice to have something positive to talk about. You know, in yeah. terms of a football, well, that's that's a good sign. Uh, speaking of positivity, and thank you to Jamie and Tillacutri, by the way. Just a couple of fruit shoots tonight, Jamie. Don't go over the top. Uh-huh. He's away. He's away. He's, he's cracking them open as we speak. Um, we had a game last night, one 0 victory for Aberdeen. It clearly wasn't a classic. But Hibs manager Jack Ross has jumped in today and said that we're far too quick to point out the negatives in our game in this country. What do you think of that? We'll take your calls next. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Fraser Wishart and Hugh Keevans here on Friday night's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Always like a Friday night. You're looking forward to the weekend. Got some fantastic fixtures. We won't get that proper buzz back, I don't think, until everyone can go to the games and we've got all the divisions. Uh, but hopefully, on the back of today's news, we are heading in the right direction. Don't think you two are getting off the hook on the teaser, though. A bit different this one as well I thought we'd throw in slightly different So Paul in steps has sent it in And it's it's uh, fitting Because of what weekend we've got It's the Champions League final weekend And, and so on Europa League mm-hmm. Paul in steps says Since the start of the 80s Seven teams have made it to the European Cup Slash Champions League final But never won it Paul sent me a slightly longer version of that question But I, uh, knowing you two as I do I thought we should <laughs> we, we should cut it slightly That's a fair point uh, Paul and Steps Since the start of the 80s Seven teams have made it to the European Cup or Champions League final But never won it Yeah, I'll give you one I'll give you one you wouldn't expect me to get Stoy Bucharest No 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 They won it, did they not? They won it, they beat Barcelona They won it, yeah Monaco Yes do you remember who beat them? Uh, Porto mm. It was Mourinho wasn't it? It was Hugh Any that spring to mind? Champions League final European Cup Last year Last season Last season You can't remember what we had for breakfast oh. this morning I'm under great stress at the moment I've got a, the painter's decorators <laughs> in <laughs> like, like the real ones though Yeah yeah, yeah. It's my, it Places upside down Fraser My mother used to say You could stir this with a spoon <laughs> you, you don't like change do you? No I hate it uh, Yeah and do you know what Fraser as well is, um, And it's, it's too late If I'm speaking out of turn Because he, he knows he shouldn't, he shouldn't share these things With me in the office He was debating with me earlier About whether it's still Acceptable in 2020 To settle the bill by cheque <laughs> <laughs> I mean the gentleman not take checks anymore. No, Mister Cash, the old pen and decorator, looking for Mister Cash. No checks. No, no checks. <sighs> not really. I can't, I can't remember the last time I wrote a check. <laughs> Why have I got a checkbook then? I don't know. <laughs> well, I have. <laughs> anyway, right. Uh, um, one f- oh, it was God. final last year. Come on, Hugh. Can you give me another guess before we move on. English team. Wait. Aston Villa. Oh, wait. No, I don't mean last season. Oh, right. I mean Aston Villa. No. No. Put him out his misery, Fraser. Spurs Spurs, yes oh, Spurs and Monaco No, not Hamburg We'll leave it there You've got two down uh, Which means you've got Five To get 0141 That is the number you need um, Let's Look back a bit on last night But taking a wider point Because a lot of people Have been complaining on social media That the recent games on TV Have been rotten And Yeah, I guess some of them Maybe have been but Jack Ross uh, thinks we're too hard on ourselves. Let's hear first from Derek McInnes 
After the game last night It's been a traumatic time For Aberdeen off the pitch But they did emerge From the recent coronavirus controversy With a 1-0 win at St Johnston Ryan Hedges came off the bench To score the late winner For Derek McInnes' side It looked Even from early on As if maybe one goal would be Enough Thankfully we got it At the right time It was gave us something to hang on to There was a few boys flagging it there It's only a second competitive game In about five and a half months And I think It's understandable You can replicate Bounce games And 11v11s in training but nothing prepares you really for real football and we've known that ourselves when we play in Europa League games early on in, in the campaign, that's normally our first games. Performance normally improves from the first game to the second, from the second to the third and it's clear we want to improve but well, we work to get there, the, the character of the team, the togetherness of the team, the resilience of the team, the effort of the team, the effort was outstanding tonight to minimise their opportunities but also see the importance of trying to get that three points so could not be more pleased for my players. Right, it wasn't great, obviously And we're not going to lie But here's the wider point Because lots of complaining about it Hibs manager Jack Ross says That we're too quick to point out The negatives of our game in this country um, The last couple obviously were goalless The, the game at Livingston as well uh, Motherwell's trip to Hibs uh, But the Hibs boss says We need to be better at self-promotion What we are absolutely brilliant in doing in this country Is focusing on the, the negative We're absolutely brilliant at it If we can find a way to kick our own game Then we do it And I've watched... You know, other leagues since the emergency lockdown and there's been some brutal games in amongst them as well but we don't what these leagues are better at is self-promotion and I've walked in other countries and they are and that's the brutal truth of it now I'm not saying our recent fixtures have been great and some of the recent matches have been great but we will do our damnness sometimes to focus on them rather than think well there's a lot of good things about our game and let's not um, convince everybody that it's not very good um, and there is an adjustment and I think even we've spoken about it as a team you know how we we try and be better than we've been maybe in the last game in a bit um, but yeah I just think it's important that we don't get too caught up in these recent matches and believe that all of a sudden uh, there's not a lot of good things about our game other than a crowd being in it and people running about 100 miles an hour I do think you have to take extenuating circumstances into account and I think Jack Ross is quite right there um, Aberdeen playing only their second game in five months of course that has to be taken into account And I thought the best television pictures of the night From McDermott Park Involved Derek McInnes getting the Aberdeen players together After the game was over I know people are talking about it as his kind of Phil Brown moment at Hull But <laughs> it, it wasn't that For me anyway That's Derek McInnes saying Look, I'm proud of what you've done there Because he, as manager, has lost four players Four strikers to injury doesn't have a recognised striker in his squad anymore. Uh, he's at all the COVID-19 business of, of going to the Soul Bar and all the rest of it. And he knows there's further trouble down the line. But I think he was proud of his players last night, got them together and thanked them for sheer resilience. Because when Ryan Hedges came on, he did what he did against Rangers in day one. He brought a little extra life to the mm -hmm. proceedings. And if his goal was fortuitous... Then he deserved that piece of good fortune Right what do you think then Are are we too hard on ourselves Do we do what Jack Ross says Are we world champions at finding negatives Or are people just watching the games And calling a spade a spade Let us know 01419511025 Like everything Fraser Is there a balance somewhere to be found I think there is a balance Last night wasn't great I mean I was, I was I watched it for about 80 minutes Turned off and missed a goal So I had to catch up on it today It was It was a poor game um, the games I've seen this year Dundee United against St Johnson Really enjoyed it Really enjoyed the game Mother against, against Dundee United Was another good game Saturday 
Hamilton Aki's against St Mun. There was 30 efforts a goal 30 efforts a goal And St Mun were terrific in the first half Hamilton good in the second half And probably could have nicked a point But the two teams just, just played And they went for attacked And the other team attacked I thoroughly enjoyed it And that's the way I judge my football We dug it back home And I can say right, I enjoyed the game And uh, there is a bit there I, I think sometimes That Hamilton against St Mun Gets lost because There's not huge supports Our country is dominated By the old firm Because the vast majority of people support those two those two clubs. I think the newspapers for sales and etc. focus on the old firm as well. And sometimes you just get lost. There's good football elsewhere, and I think Jack's got a point. But you can't you can't dress it up. Last night was really poor. But you guys were saying Hibs against Motherwell at the weekend was a good game. Yeah. Good game to watch. Rangers game. There's plenty of chances. Livingston made it difficult. It's never going to be a free flowing game. If Rangers won that game two 0 people would say that ah, was a great game. Mm. It's, it's, it's it's about perception. But I think sometimes. I think sometimes we do We are too negative About our own game It is what it is It's Scottish football It's kind of unique And uh, I thoroughly enjoy My games on a Saturday Is it the leap That we make here Or the conclusions That we jump to Because Jack Ross is Spot on In the sense that I have watched Many games From many countries Since oh. lockdown And even before That have been Absolutely rubbish But other leagues Get away with Brushing it off As, as being one off And even, even though It's not We are determined to sort of say oh, Sky will be wanting their money back This Sky deal's a disaster Can't believe this is getting beamed around the country You know we always we always sort of make that leap and, and we want to make that bigger Wider ranging statement about it Well I mean Aberdeen last night Were playing their second league game of the season What are they supposed to do? Refund Sky On the back of three hours of league football uh, Jack previously worked at Sunderland Where believe me There'll have been some clunkers Down through the months um, because Sunderland dropped from division to even lower division So it happens But I, I do think it's a national characteristic um, <laughs> you, you, It's Scottish isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know we, we, we can all be guilty of it From time to time But some people take the national characteristic And use it as a lifestyle choice well, Let's see what David and Guruk's got to say David in you come Hi guys good evening Hi um, Hi my, my, my point really is um, you know, we're, we're talking about promotion of our game, um, but we have Neil Doncaster who sits at the top, um, and he still hasn't found a sponsor for our league. So, you know, the the real drive to to promote our game has to start from the top. And you know, why is he getting paid the money for what he's getting to do? He's had almost a year to find a new sponsor for our league, David, and yet nothing's happened. David, could I could I invite you to? Look about you How do you think Football goes about Getting sponsors At this particular time When The economy Has been plunged Into crisis When business after business Is going into administration uh, Is it not slightly naive To think that people Are therefore At this particular time Knocking one another Out of the way To try and sponsor football I mean, I, I take your point, and you know, current circumstances is extreme. However, you know, how, how long has Neil Doncaster actually known about this? Was, was it not something November last year he found out that Ladbrokes weren't going to be sponsoring the, the league anymore? I mean, how, you know, why, why doesn't he line up something or try and promote a league? Well, you know, he, I, I he, think the business of finding people who want to. Put millions, literally millions of pounds into into the game. That takes a while. It's not just oh, I'll go and see them on Monday and on Friday they'll agree a deal. These things 
Take some time And then you're overtaken by global events Not Scottish events, mm. not British events Global events And right now Anyone looking for major sponsorship Has got one heck of a job in their hands Both right though Fraser, are they not? Because, yeah, it's clearly not a great time But 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 David's bang on We didn't, we didn't enter this mad period until March yeah. We've known for a lot longer than that That we needed a sponsor for yeah, this season t- Totally, and, and I think it's all in the mix I mean, I, I think to be fair to Neil Doncaster, I don't think David is sitting in his in his office at Hamden and not trying to get a sponsor in. Difficult because it tends to be the betting companies recently that have they've been coming forward with the money for, for all our trophies as well. That gets heavily criticised as well. People think we shouldn't have sponsors like that. And I think in a, in a kind of UK dimension that um, you know you've got the guys on English radio stations talking about our game I've absolutely no idea of what they're talking about never seen a Scottish game don't know anything about it but they create a negativity around it and that becomes a narrative around in the UK our game you know rather than actually trying, trying to sell I think we have to find what are we in Scotland what, what have we got to sell we have it's, it's unique we have two massive clubs you know, who, who are you know can, in a world level are, are huge as well but we also have some fantastic smaller clubs who create players as well and do stuff in the community. It's about finding, finding a, mm. a, an identity, if you like, that's going to attract a sponsor. But all the infighting, all the stuff we've had over the summer, clubs fighting each other, clubs arguing each other, suing the league, doing this and doing that, doing the next thing, that has to stop yeah. because because all it's done doing is creating negative headlines. I was just going to bring David back in, but he's disappeared. I wonder if there is a sort of chicken and egg element to this. Now, I'm not for a second before... People accuse me not for a second saying that we don't have a sponsor because people are moaning on Twitter about Aberdeen and St Johnson. Of course, that's not the case. But I wonder, Hugh, if it's just all part of the all part of of the mix. You know, if if we, the people who supposedly love it, as fans or whatever it be, pundits, if if we're going to be negative on it, then how do we expect other people to look on it from the outside? Well, again, I go back to the fact that uh, Fraser touched upon it. Um, betting firms became unclean. In the eyes of football And therefore They were not to be sponsors uh, Alcohol companies um, Would not be regarded as Suitable For football in our country So you're narrowing your market all the time And then The first thing that goes In an economic crisis For business concerns The first thing that goes Is your advertising budget And I think that's the problem that Scottish football is encountering at the moment You and I had a little joke about the Motherwell strip With no sponsor's name on it And how uh, how neat and tidy it looked And then I saw them at the, the weekend We've got a sponsor on it now mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying Oh they've spoiled the jersey But Motherwell up until last weekend As far as I can tell Didn't have a sponsor uh, And they'd known For a while But it's very very hard To get yourself a sponsor In a time of economic downturn Okay, slight change of topic. Thomas is on the line. I think he's got signings on his mind. What have you got, Thomas? Hi, Gordon. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Are you well? Hi, I'm no bad, mate. Good. How are you doing? Yep. I've got two points regarding the Celtic signings. Go for it. Uh, I think I think we should uh, go for Shane Duffy. I don't know. I don't know why we're kind of beat about the bush yet. He's a he's a he's a great player. He's what we need. So even even Thomas, if it was going to be a, if it was going to cost a couple of million quid all in, but it was still a loan, you would still go for that. I think so, because I don't think Julian's Julian's got mistakes in him. I have got mistakes in him. I think Shane Duffy. I, I, I like Shane Duffy, and I think it's the kind of signing that, that we need. Yeah, I, I look at. I'll be a loan signing. I'll be, I'll be a loan signing, but I, I, I really think I really like Shane Duffy. 
Well, you, you understand why it's a lone move because it's the 10 season. So uh, if Shane Duffy can help Celtic get the 10, uh, then thereafter, I wonder what will happen to Scottish football after the 10 issue. Uh, but Shane Duffy would appear to me to be a natural choice. I know that Nier Beaton, by all accounts, played well against Reykjavik midweek. Again, with respect, to go back to Alec Ray's words, it's all about standards and levels. Uh, you know, Nier Beaton is entitled to look good against KR Reykjavik, but Celtic need the experience and the physicality of someone like Shane Duffy for what lies ahead over the remainder of the season. Thomas? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I totally agree with you. I think we need to get 10. I think it's... I think we do need to get it, and I think Shane, Shane Duffy will obviously bring that. He's got the physicality, he's got, he's got you know what I mean, when we are when we need it. I just think, I think it'll be a cracking signing if we get him. What was your other point, Thomas? Because I want definitely want to let you make it. I'm just conscious that we're a little bit short on time. All right, thanks for attacker wise again. I, I was on here a couple of weeks ago about uh, attackers, and I don't think Clamalla's the answer. To be honest, I, I just don't think he's. Albeit he's not a lot, a lot of game time, granted, but I, I just think that we should be looking elsewhere for an attacker, especially if if Edward goes, which I don't think. He, I hope he doesn't. Um, I just need, I just think we need to get another attacker in. Yeah, I mean Fraser Neil Lennon's saying he's looking for another striker. And by the way, I, I could not I couldn't contradict Thomas. I don't know if, if Patrick Clamalla is yeah. the answer. It yeah. does strike me though that my goodness, we judge players very quickly <laughs> nowadays, don't we? And it seems to be that quite often foreign lads come across and they, they get injured. And he got injured really early on and, and all of a sudden, because he's not played, oh, he's hopeless because he's been injured. And I think that's really unfair. I couldn't tell you whether Patrick Lamella is going to be a great player or not. I haven't really seen him. But give the lad a chance. He's been out injured. But but I don't think he was ever signed as being a first choice striker. I don't think they ever saw him to be replacing Edward. You know, and at the moment, Edward, you presume he's staying. He will play every single week because he, he's a top man. But it does suggest if Neil Lennon's looking for a striker, it suggests something's going to happen somewhere amongst those other strikers. It's not going to be a Yeti. But is Griffiths going to go? Is Clamalla going to go? Are they going to go out and loan? I don't mm-hmm. know. But uh, if he's looking at another strike, it suggests that something's going to happen there. Good question, Thomas. One we'll revisit, I'm sure, in the coming weeks. I need to just squeeze a couple more things in, though, on this teaser. Paul and Steps says, since the start of the 80s, seven teams have made it to the European Cup or Champions League final, but never won it. You've got Monaco and Tottenham. Greg Wilde, a familiar name to everyone in Scottish football, he's been in touch. He's got one that you're still looking for. Sinetian. No, do you know what? If we had taken it back to the start of the 70s You would be on the money But it's since the start of the 80s, I'm afraid Arsenal Yes Do you remember the game, Hugh? Oh. Henrik Larsson Who came on I was oh, there Swung Barcelona. the game in Barca's favour And yeah. he's the new coach. coach So there we go oh, You were there, were you? Yeah, I was there yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely Gets fantastic. about this guy, Hugh Freeloader, freeloader oh, I paid for ticket I was sitting quite near the front I absolutely lashed it down I was <laughs> soaking You, <laughs> you, did, it, you did what? You paid. you paid I know that's for you, Hugh uh, Monaco, me. Arsenal, Tottenham Dortmund No No, Paul Lambert won it with Dortmund Mm-hmm um, Red Star Belgrade Nope you, Somebody like that isn't there You're missing the easiest one And there's a good reason That it's the easiest one What's the good reason? Where might the final Have been played? Anyone? 
anyone out there Is it Man City? No Closer to home Where where might the final have been played In the Champions League roundabout here? Hamden Yes mm-hmm. So who played at Hamden? Honestly in the What Champions am I, what am I working Champions with Yes Zidane scored the winning goal Yeah it was quite a famous goal In yeah. case you had Leverkusen. There we go yeah. Bayerly Honestly I'm going to give these two A few was more a, minutes I was also there we'll, Oh my <laughs> Three <laughs> more to <laughs> get I didn't pay that one <laughs> Three yeah. to get We'll get them next Number one For football In Glasgow and the West 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Fraser Wishart and Hugh Keevans are here into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Paul and Steps has got this question for you Since the start of the 80s, seven teams have made it to the European Cup slash Champions League final But never won it I have no problem holding my hands up and telling you that this is my fault This is definitely my fault Usually I would just blame the person who sent it in and no one will ever know Um, There is an eighth The reason being I just thought I would cut it off for you and do it from the 80s on Paul's original question had loads of teams that did it in the 70s And I knew it would be too many uh, What that meant though Is Atletico Madrid did it in 1974 But they've they've since done it again yeah. So you have to include Atletico Madrid That's my fault So you're looking for one more So you've got Atletico Madrid Tottenham Arsenal Monaco Leverkusen And three to go Roma Yes Do you remember who they beat on the way? Liverpool Oh no Who they didn't beat? They lost to Liverpool and Who did they beat to get there? Dundee United Semi-finals 2-0 at Tannadice 3-0 in Rome uh, It was a bit bit dodgy that was Let's just say (laughs) Under suspicious circumstances And leave it at that Greg Wilde is back on again He's firing all the answers And you've got two more to get Greg text me Don't bother Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What have you got Fraser? Uh, I think you did uh, say one more to me During the break It was was Atletico Madrid No there was another one I rubber eared you But it was right Same part of the world Seville no, oh, Valencia. Yes. Valencia. yes, Valencia. Uh, that was Real Madrid, wasn't it? That was the all Spanish final um, back in 2008. One more to get, and you've got plenty of time to get it. Let's hear from Motherwell boss Stephen Robinson. He's hoping he's got a big advantage when it comes to preparing his side for Europa League qualifying. They found out last night Motherwell will play again Glen Torren on Thursday. Uh, Robinson was also telling his players they can't lose sight of tomorrow's Lanarkshire derby. It's a good eight days. That's what you're in football for. Um, you know, Derby game, you know, it's going to be a tough game. Uh, anytime you play Hamilton, nothing's easy. They don't give you anything. You've got to earn the right to play football, which we will do. And then you've got the Thursday European game to look forward to. So a week we're very much looking forward to. I probably work with about 80, 90% of the players already from Glen Torn um, for the international setups and, and new setups. So some of them have, have changed to be a bit haircuts and got a bit bigger and things and that as well but listen, I know a lot about them I know I, I know that it'll be competitive I know that it'll be a physical game but there's there's decent quality there as well so as I say we'll turn our attention to that on, on Saturday night straight after the, the Aki's game but first and foremost we, we're out to win the game on Saturday Let's start tomorrow Lanarkshire Derby mm-hmm. neither side started the season the way they wanted Hugh yeah, but Motherwell at least have points on the board, which the Ackies don't. They're now the only team in the Premiership with no points. Um, I think they're up against it. Uh, Motherwell have better players on an individual and collective basis. And uh, I just think that Motherwell have too much for the Ackies this weekend. They weren't great when I saw them, Motherwell, against Dundee United. They just kind of struggled a wee bit, but I think maybe picked up, um, certainly against. Livingston by all accounts But again A wee bit of pressure there Because if Motherwell don't win There'll be five games No wins I saw Hamilton last week they, they, The good and the bad The first half They, they just 
struggled with balls over the top and struggled at the back but then the second half they were, they were excellent I'm with you I think Motherwell will win it and the problem for Hamilton is they've got the lowest budget in the league and they've only got a certain amount of money and they've not got a lot of experience and they lose players like Gogic and others over the summer you can't keep replacing them on the budget they've got so a, a tough season ahead for Akis Again to go back to Jack Ross's point about accentuating the positive um, Motherwell went to Easter Road to play at Hibs side last weekend who had nine points out of nine and I thought Motherwell were the better team yeah uh, so you know the, looking at it from the positive angle I just think that they have too much in their locker as they say for Hamilton Ackies on a one-off basis and then of course European qualification Fraser these pressure Cooker situations These qualifiers Where we our teams face Lesser opposition And the Guinness favourites And we've had so many Sore ones over oh, the years well. uh, But usually they happen In the summer And we're over them By <laughs> by this point <laughs> um, Motherwell Glen Torren Next week I know I was, I was looking at uh, on, Online The coefficients For the start of this season And you know we're, we're way high We're up at 13 And I came all the way down And Wales were Third or fourth bottom In the whole of Europe And you think back To Connors Key last year mm-hmm. Beaten Kilmarnock uh, Having lost the first leg in, in Wales as well You know Kilmarnock winning it So It's a tricky one Because Irish football There's a bit more investment In Northern Irish football There's uh, You know There's a few more Full time teams as well I think I saw Gail Biggeramana Is he Yeah for Former Tour? Motherwell player Yeah Yeah, Good player and Good lad Gail So One of the Newcastle Five Remember that yeah. When Rangers I was going to say Signed those players on loan They got given those players on loan You get these lads Who come up to Scotland And they love it He was Motherwell He's been at Hibs as well So mm-hmm. so yeah It's uh, yeah, You'd expect Motherwell To have too much But it's a tricky one for them Especially mm-hmm. when it's over one leg You know, when, when one, th- one mistake and you're, and you're out you, you know Fraser um, When a season is in its infancy We Meaning Scottish clubs Including Celtic and Rangers Have gone out To the oddest of sorts um, You know <laughs> Or or suffered embarrassing defeat like uh, the Lincoln Red Imps mm. when Brendan Rodgers took over Celtic. Um, it Rangers, Rangers in Luxembourg as well. Remember? Red Progress, Nidacon, you know the fourth best team in Luxembourg. Um, and well, you know our teams have just had these moments when a season has been in its infancy, and that's what um, Stephen Robinson and Mother will have to guard against. Uh, and indeed Aberdeen when when they come up against a team from the Faroe Islands in in, in Runovic uh, take nothing for granted and score as many as you can pretty good advice I'm glad you're not giving the team talk though I don't know if that, if that would get them going the high balls low uh, um, St Mirren Ross County is another game tomorrow that we've not managed to discuss in any great length yet Sainties have started the season well, well. Ross County have um, had, well, had, yeah. their, had their ups and downs already I know everyone's going on about the great song that John Obika has. Uh, and Are you giving us a rendition? So the do, 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 do. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but there's more to him than a song. Uh, and he, he, he does score Predator's goals. He got one against Hamilton Ackies last weekend. He's a big guy for Jim Goodwin, as is uh, Jack Anik in goal. Um, Ross County, up and down. It'll be a very good match for Fraser to watch. I fancy St Mirren. Yeah, I, I do as well. I thought they were they were good for long spells last weekend, and, and a player who maybe doesn't get a lot of uh, publicity, Cammy McPherson, a young midfield player. People have been telling me, Alan McManus, people at the club for the last couple of years, he's he's technically the best player at the club, and now what an important player was, and he just makes the game look simple. I think he's got a future. I think if he can get, if he can just take his game onto that next level. 
Um, he's passing and he's crisp passing. He's got, a, he's got a good shot as well. So they're strong in that area in the midfield as well. I think Shaughnessy's been an excellent signing. Tate's been an excellent signing as well. Jack Anik. They're looking quite strong. Someone can just get maybe one more in. I know they lad Christian Dennis, I think, who's the, who's the new mm-hmm. signing. Somebody else maybe just in that wee attacking area, but uh, they're looking good. And I think St Murray are going to win this as well by the odd goal. I think 2-1 Saints for me. Yeah, we're here at 2 o'clock tomorrow. Fantastic fixtures to look forward to. This will be the first Saturday we've had Glasgow's Big 2 in action on oh. the same day. So we've got that to look forward to amongst other things. How are you getting on with this teaser? You've got one more to get. We're looking for, it turned out to be eight teams since the start of the 80s that have made it to a European Cup Champions League final but never won it. Roma, Valencia, Leverkusen, Monaco, Arsenal, Tottenham, Atletico, which means you're looking for one more. I'm going for Greg Wilde's text, but he's not no, bothered. I don't know if he knows this one. I don't know. He needs to give me the country. Right, it's been spoken about quite a lot this week because... Barcelona were involved Ronald Koeman was involved Oh Is that PSB? Oh Ronald Koeman scored the, the, the goal The only goal of the game um, Yeah Oh it was against It was an Italian team And it was decent Lazio Nope We're just going to now Fiorentina. name Fiorentina You're just going to run your Napoli. way through this Serie A aren't you? <laughs> yes Nah keep going <laughs> Napoli <laughs> I don't really know what, what other clue to give you Sampdoria Yes <laughs> Well done Fraser Wishart Sampdoria Thank you Fraser And to Hugh Keevans As always though The biggest thanks goes to you Thank you for listening Thanks for all your calls and tweets We'll do it all over again tomorrow From 2 o'clock Building up to all the action And then the open line at full time In the meantime You might as well stay right there And get your weekend properly started In the company of Mr George Bowie GBX Friday's up next <laughs>